Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Our topic today is finding joy in the ordinary. It is ordinary time in the church, a time that can seem uneventful liturgically, but as Christians and certainly as disciples of Ignatius, we find God most often in the ordinary. If you're with us on Facebook, feel free to join in on the conversation uh, by writing your thoughts in the comments. So let us begin. We have with us this evening Kay Satterfield, who is on the pastoral team at Ignatius House, and Kathy Farrell, a spiritual director and friend of Ignatius House. I will open our conversation with some initial thoughts on our topic, but I first asked uh, Kathy to open us in prayer. Kathy. Good evening. Um, I thought I'd start with a scripture from John 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Live on in my love. You will live in my love if you keep my commandments, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and live in his love. All this I tell you, that my joy may be yours, and your joy may be complete. Oh, precious God, we come this evening to talk about your joy living within us. A joy made possible because you love us. You call us your beloved. This joy does not come and go, but is steady, sure, and constant despite the ups and downs of our lives. Even the ordinary is made extraordinary because it is suffused with your love and your joy. We ask this evening to become more aware of this wondrous gift, which you promise. I tell you that my joy may be yours and your joy may be complete. In this time of pandemic division and isolation, we need to embrace your joy and realize that if we look, it is always there a light burning brightly in the darkness, the sure sign that we are living in your love. Guide us this evening into greater joy and appreciation of the beauty of the ordinary. Truly, you are in all, and all is in you. Amen. Thanks, Kathy. So, you know, when I think of Ignatian spirituality, the first principle that comes to mind uh, to me is the idea of finding God in all things. Um, the world is charged with the grandeur of God, as Gerard Manley Hopkins said. And as a parent, I don't need to look farther than my children to remind me of this. Right? They find joy in the ordinary. And it's not very hard for them. You know, I often lament because we spend so much money on buying children's toys that flash and sing and do fancy things. But my kids, more often than not, find more excitement in sticks and rocks. 
our four-year-old daughter Eva has lately taken to having a magic wand, which depending on the day could be a popsicle stick that she sticks into a marker cap or a plastic syringe or a plain old stick from outside. So my children have taught me a lot that we need to return to our childlike state from time to time and remind ourselves of the goodness of God imbued in ordinary things and events. Right? Think about how we talk about the miracle of birth. Birth is one of the most ordinary things, yet we see it as extraordinary because it is. Right? Something so normal that God has built into the order of the universe continues to amaze us. We're delighted by sunsets, another ordinary occurrence. But this idea of finding God in the ordinary is not unique to Ignatian spirituality. Our Catholic worldview finds grace in the earthiness of the world. We sometimes call this the sacramental worldview. And it's not about the sacred or profane, the holy or the, the unholy or the divine. We kind of make it into this dichotomy. No, all things are sacred. God can reach us through bread and wine, through a sunset, and even through a stick fallen from a tree. There's this uh, poem I came across in Daniel Ladinsky's book, Love Poems from God. It's called The Sacraments, and it's inspired by St. Francis of Assisi. And it goes like this. I once spoke to my friend, an old squirrel, about the sacraments. He got so excited and ran into a hollow in his tree and came back holding some acorns, an owl feather, and a ribbon he had found. And I just smiled and said, yes, dear, you understand. Everything imparts his grace. Love I love that. You know, unfortunately, our, our human nature mistakes our longing for novelty and the next best thing as a longing for God. We're never fully satisfied. And so we seek satisfaction not in things that are ordinary, which have lost their novelty, but in whatever can hold our attention anew. A new phone app, new clothing, new technology, new kitchen gadgets. And those things are at first extraordinary to us, but Soon enough, they become ordinary, and then we move on to something else. It's like St. Ignatius daydreaming during his convalescence from a battle wound. The novel things bring us momentary happiness, which Ignatius noticed, but then it fades. And Ignatius discovered that the true joy was found in things where our joy lingered after that momentary pleasure or happiness. And most often we do find that our joy persists in ordinary things, in a steady relationship, in a consistent hobby, in outdoor walks, in a cup of tea. Ignatius said we should let our attention be drawn to those things that move us toward God. Children are naturally in this movement Right? My son, Oscar, he's, he's just one, one year old. He can be fascinated by a puddle or his own shadow. Right? These simple, ordinary things are still magical to them. 
young children haven't yet developed a resistance to this natural oneness with things that are ordinary and simple. Just look at the wonder and joy on children's faces when they're captivated by the ordinary. And even when they make believe, anything they find can become a magic wand or a pizza or a cape. Eva is always taking our dish towels and washcloths and stuff to make blankets for all her little friends in her room. Our religious traditions tend to draw us to God by way of transcendent symbols. We use incense and candles at liturgies, have stained glass windows, or even use transcendent language in prayer. These are good reminders of the transcendent nature of God, but we must be careful that they don't blind us to the ordinary nature of God. And in fact, things like incense, fire, glass, and language are ordinary things. They've simply been reframed in a way to become a symbol of transcendence. A sacramental worldview also means an incarnational worldview. The incarnation was not just the arrival of Jesus Christ into the world, but the truth that God's presence and loving energy resides in every ordinary person, event, and atom. We can look for signs of God in the material world and see God in the poor, in our families and workplaces, and in the quiet moments where nothing special seems to be happening. There's a beautiful line in Michael Gunger's song, Cannot Keep You, which speaks about our boxing in of God, our trying to confine God only to churches, rituals, or scripture. And the verse says, so we will find you in the streets and we will find you in the prisons and even in our Bibles and churches. When we find find the joy of God in the ordinary, we allow God to be expansive and much bigger than we thought. We see again through childlike eyes. Are you in touch with your childlike nature, Kay and Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 when I read your thing, there were so many things that jumped at me. Um, but I remembered when I was at your stage in life, um, I had a really good friend who was a religious um, nun in society. And she said, just remember, everything is holy. So while you're doing all that laundry, just pray when you're doing each person's piece of clothing, pray for that child. And when you're cooking dinner, pray for, you know, those whose bodies will be nourished by the dinner. And she was definitely a contemplative in action and um, really made me look at how I was mothering and how I was celebrating um, that. And my grandchildren will tell you now that, yes, I definitely, as a grandmother, you <clears throat> are a lot crazier than you were as a parent because you <laughs> you don't have to discipline and do the rules quite the same. So, yes, um, my grandchildren have been an amazing blessing as you recognize with your children that we all recognize with our children Mm. just the wonder and the awe and the 
appreciation that they can give us. I mean, I'll lay in the front yard with my granddaughter and we'll just look at the clouds for an hour and talk about what shapes they are. And it's just such a delight, such a delight to, um, to go back to that, what it says in scripture, you know, change and become like little children so that we can embrace the kingdom. And I think that's what we are all called to Mm. liberate ourselves a little bit and do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was also struck by a number of, of things you, you mentioned in here about, um, you know, the sacramental worldview means that means an inca- incarnational worldview, which I think you also mentioned, Kathy, that God's presence resides in every ordinary person, event, and atom. And it reminded me of, uh, you know, Thomas Merton has that famous uh, experience of grace that he talk, that he writes about on the corner of Fourth and Walnut in Louisville, Kentucky. Um one day he was just running errands, just just doing an ordinary thing in town, and he just suddenly was struck with this realization of of a feeling of immense love for just the the people walking down the street, you know, and uh, and just this connection with all of them and with all the other people walking along, even though they were strangers. And uh, he wrote, there's no way of telling people that they are walking around shining like the sun. (laughs) And it was just an ordinary day and just an ordinary moment. But, you know, he had an experience of grace in that. But I think, you know, we have, um, you know, it's, it's it's a contemplative view of the world, you know, that every moment and uh, can be that place of grace where God, God's found. And I think it's, and it's mainly love, you know, God is love. And you were doing that. Yeah. Opening, opening I, I like to, I think of the, the ways that, that who were the people that Jesus was attracted to, right? It was, it was ordinary people. He called ordinary, ordinary people. Um, wasn't that one of the readings today of the, the call of the, um, was it today or perhaps it's Sunday, the call, the call of the disciples, um, right? Just ordinary people going about their ordinary business. And Jesus uses ordinary language to communicate with, with people. You know. And I love that example of yours, Kay, um, of Merton's, but when he talks about see them shining. And it made me think, one of my favorite poems is that Gerard Manley Hopkins that you mentioned, Andy, and... When Andy said the first line is, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. The second line of that poem is my favorite. It says, it will flame out like shining from shook foil. And I think that's what we should be looking for when we're walking around in our day. Where's that foil? You know, I always think of like aluminum foil, (laughs) just shining in the tree or shining in a person's face or like Merton's situation where he saw ordinary people shining with the love of God. It's, um, yeah, it's all kinds of opportunities for those sparkles of God out there. Yes. In a lot of the ordinary. Um, I guess it's, uh, you have to be, um, not distracted to 
uh, I know that's my thing is I get in my head, living in my head, thinking in my head, but I'm not being uh, attentive to um, just kind of be in that contemplative space where I can uh, appreciate and savor, you know, all the beauty around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the other thing, you know, it's what um, – What's our attention draw? You know, to be aware of what's drawing me. Where is God drawing me? You talk. You talk. You're talking about mindfulness, the sort of contemplative stance yeah. of being present, being present. And so often we are in our head. And um, you know, I've I've discovered Disney Plus has this series called Zenimations, <laughs> and it's basically mindfulness for 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 children, for anyone really. But I, uh, what it is are excerpts of Disney films that they've put together, you know, things of like cityscapes or water or nature or whatever. So these scenes from the movies, but there's no music or dialogue. It's all the, the background sounds of the scene. So you hear, you know, a boat going through water or the wind blowing or, you know, rocks falling down a hill or something like that. And it's so, it's really amazingly captivating. Um, and I showed, they're only like six minutes each. And I showed one to her daughter, Eva, and she loved it. She said, I want to watch another, another, another. <laughs> so I'm like, well, great. I mean, that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's prayer because you're seeing the beauty and you're just present to the beauty. There's no other music or dialogue or anything. It's just, it's just what it is, you know? Well, I'll have to try that. That, that sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had the blessing of being at the beach last week and I was up, um, I get up every morning to do the sunrise. I, that's I, when you mentioned the sunset, I kind of usually do both, but the sunrise one morning was so exquisite and I was down there and I had just read in my scripture readings that morning, um, I think it was Psalm 104 or something, and it was talking about God placing a tent over the sky and and um, columns down to the water and riding on the wind. And, and I'm down there with this magnificent sky and ocean, and the wind was blowing, and I thought, if this is ordinary... <laughs> Just give me ordinary every day because it was just like such a kiss from God that we can be in a place like that in creation and feel the grandeur of God shining. Um, And it's like you say, Kay, I think, gosh, when we are fully aware and alert and paying attention to that presence, pretty much everything that we might call ordinary becomes pretty extraordinary. Yeah, and I guess it's a, and then it, it's just affirmation of God's love for you and for the world in, in those moments. I met this, uh, I spoke with this um, woman years ago, actually, and she told me the story of how she was at the beach and she uh, was trying to capture this picture with a, her a sunset, of this beautiful sunset, and she was just on her it might have been before camera phones. I don't know. It might have been a real camera. Um, was zooming in to get the sunset. And, and she was trying to figure out her camera. And so she, she put it down and was fiddling with it. And she accidentally um, snapped a picture of the sand zoomed in many times. And so when she looked at the picture, 
it was just this beautiful um you had the sun shining off the sand it's like crystals you know and her mo- her attention was now captured down at the sand not at the sunset um and it was just this moment of god for her where god was like it was like god was drawing her attention to something um that she just didn't you know wouldn't have noticed before yeah which is a beautiful beautiful Mm -hmm. i'll tell that story i was telling andy and Kay before we started that i was with a person in spiritual direction earlier and he was talking about walking along on the beach and looking at the shells and the water coming in and the little fish and and he said you know i was just in awe and wonder and gosh, I thought, well, maybe I should be saying a prayer. And <laughs> and I said, but you were saying a prayer. You had the most amazing prayer because you were connected with God in God's creation. And that was a prayer uh, of the best kind, of the best kind. But I, I think we can also, you know, have those experiences and in, in our relationships and, um, uh, you know, just the, the experience of the ordinary and um, you know it's in everything right um, that um, where we uh, like you were talking about your children or 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 your spouse or your friendships and and those we love you know how how um, God is present and just the ordinary love of, of that our co-workers and and uh just the laughter you know and the experience of, of just enjoyment of of each other's company um you know it's it's in all things there's a certain simplicity to it yeah. right i think that's in some ways i think i think we we talk about nature so often when we talk about the ordinary and certainly at ignatius house Gosh, you know what a beautiful setting that is, and right, a lot of retreatants love the the trails and the river and the woods and everything, because there's a simplicity there, right? There's something that's in a sense untouched. We haven't, uh, us humans haven't overcomplicated things, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I do wonder. I think maybe even the bigger challenge is finding uh, finding God in thing, places like the grocery store, you know, or like you said, Thomas Merton on the street corner. Or in the subway. Or the um, kindness, just of a grocery yeah. clerk. Or, or, you know, um, the ordinary is, you know, trying to, you know, having that Therese of Lazou would be, you know, she was considered the mystic of the ordinary. But, um, you know, just trying to smile at someone, uh, having the grace to try to smile at someone that irritates you, <laughs> you know, I mean, just those ordinary things that can cause a, a different shift and, and tone and, and, um, and mood, you know? Well, and I think it makes a big difference to recognize when God says your joy may be complete, that doesn't mean like ha ha happiness. It's, for me, the blessed assurance that I am beloved of God. So um, (laughs) I remember before I had cancer, I thought that that 
scripture in James where it said, um, count it pure joy when you are involved in every trial. And I thought, that's so baloney. Um, but then I went through cancer and chemo, and I don't know at what point during that experience, I was sitting it one day and I thought, I get it. I totally get it. Because through that experience, number one, I drew absolutely closer to God. I had this blessed assurance that God was taking care of me. And if, even if I didn't exactly make it through cancer, it would be okay. And it gave me this tremendous sense of joy and the blessed assurance that I was well cared for. And that has never left me. So if people will say, oh, aren't you sorry you had cancer? I say, no. I mean, my depth of joy is so much stronger because of going through that. And I get that scripture now. Um, so I think that concept of what joy is, a lot of times people misconstrue. It's a permanent connectivity with God. That's probably one of the best definitions I've ever heard of joy. <laughs> you, you know in your heart that uh, God does not leave you to um, be alone in your perils. Well, it's funny you know, how God says, yeah, God says, I'll make my dwelling within you. And sometimes God says, well, in scripture, it says, you know, I'll set up a tent. So I I don't know if I've shared this with maybe Andy and pure supervision, but I do. I have this image of this little pup tent in the center of my being with this lantern that is on all the time. It's kind of like that Motel 6 lantern, you know, and, and you know, some days I just need to crawl in that pump tent and go right in there in that sleeping bag. But I know that light's on all the time. I know that pump tent is there and that light is burning all the time. And that is my joy. That's beautiful, Kathy. Yeah, don't you love my great theological um, ideas? <laughs> the pump tent with the lantern. <laughs> I think it's important to have an image like that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's important. You know, it it talk about incarnation, right? It gives uh, it gives uh, it gives substance, right, to to God. You know, in a, in a way that we can, you know, and I, I do I often think of like what was Ignatius? What were his daydreams? We we see we hear about his daydreams in his autobiography, where he's thinking of which kind of life to lead. But uh, how did he how did he imagine God, you know, especially when he recognized, like you said, Kathy, that underlying joy that just sort of was the, the that foundational connectivity um, to the divine. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, either of you have any particular practices uh, as far as how you um, I guess intentional practices of of noticing uh, God in the ordinary? Well, I, I mean, I try to, I think having the practice of prayer in the morning helps to uh, maybe set the stage to um, be more aware. I mean, the desire is to, you know, live that contemplative place. Uh, I think it's, um, but for me, it's, it's just trying to start the day off in, in a way that hoping that as the day goes on, I'll be, um, pay attention. 
Um, I'm, I, I, I love nature, so I'm super, super involved in, in um, paying attention there. I have a bird feeder out here that I can sit there and just watch the birds and just praise God, just watching those wings fluttering. Um, but I, I guess the, the more I have matured spiritually, the more aware I am of God in everything. And, um, whether it be in my grandchildren or I, sometimes I'll just roll over in bed at night and think I am married to this man almost 50 years that I just really dearly love. I mean, what? that might sound ordinary, but to me, that's pretty extraordinary. I, I find that hugely extraordinary. Um, and I, I count it as 100%, 100% gift from God any awareness that I do have, but I do find that I kind of am aware of God a lot, um, waking or sleeping and, you know, pretty much a lot. Um, yeah, thank you. How are you, Andy? I found the gift of Sabbath, um, really important. One, uh, practice that, uh, Sarah and I this year are trying to do is every other month, uh, giving each other a Sabbath day, you know, where we're off duty, <laughs> you know, especially with the whole parenting thing and the pandemic. Um, and I had mine, uh, was it, uh, yeah, it was in December actually. And, uh, I had the whole day to myself. Um, and I'm, I tend to be one, probably like many people to want to have an agenda and, you know, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing I want to make the day extraordinary, but rather I just, I stayed in bed long, like a long time. I read, um, I napped, I, I wrote, I prayed, I watched a, a show that made me laugh. And, you know, part of me feels guilty for saying that, you know, that I didn't, I didn't go out in the nature. I didn't go out and take, and take a walk. Um, but, but I think that was the point is that I didn't have an agenda. Um, I just, God, God met me where I was and, and I certainly needed rest, right? I certainly needed, um, needed some rest and decompression. Um, but that gift God has given us of the Sabbath that there's such wisdom in that, um, where it's, it's an ordinary day with, with God. Um, you know, there's something I, was, I get it that's set apart from the rest of the days, but I, my hope is that, and I think it does, it feeds the rest of my day so I can see God in those other moments as well. That sounds like a perfect Sabbath day. I think that was... It was lovely. Yeah. It sounds lovely. <laughs> one of the things that you said in your opening, I can't remember which one, what it made me think of Augustine's, um, you know, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. And I think sometimes... Rest, we give ourselves not very much um, permission yeah. to feel, because you mentioned even describing that lovely Sabbath experience, that you felt a little guilty about it. You should, you know, I just think sometimes we shouldn't feel guilty about that because we all need a day that is not an agenda day. And um, gosh, that sounded like a lovely day for you because I do not have a clue how you and Sarah do everything you do. Um, so yeah, that's a good replenisher. The after effect of, of that was, you know, a sense of 
rest and uh, and joy. So you know, you kind of look at how, how that affects you. And mm-hmm. um, uh, but you know, it's what Ignatius talks. So what are we drawn to? And maybe it's not you know the penitential <laughs> uh, doing something hard. It's it's about enjoying a day of of rest and and having some fun. You know, so. Give yourself permission. I agree. For sure. And, you know, um, we're, we're out of time, but, you know, something that we um, we didn't touch on was the reality of the pandemic and how, how many, many people have have been, in a sense, thrown into a new kind of ordinary, right, um, where um, we have to see that uh, presence of God in new ways, perhaps within the four walls of our house or a longer period of time with our our spouse or partner or roommates, you know, so, yeah. Well, uh, there, there yeah. will be some transformation from this time. There will be. Yeah. Indeed. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you to the, the two of you for, uh, for being a part of this. Um, you both just offer such, such wonderful wisdom. And thank you to, uh, to all of you for, uh, for joining us this evening. Um, we again invite you to watch our past conversations on our Facebook page or listen to them on the People of Hope podcast. Our next conversation is going to be on February 18th, and we'll talk about the joy of Lent. Lent is coming up quickly. It's amazing. We just finished Christmas, uh, but we hope you can, you can join us then. In the meantime, visit us at IgnatiusHouse.org to learn about how you can join us in person on retreat and also engage with us online uh, with some other prayer experiences. Be well and have a good night. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.